Now to the task at hand. I know that you wish to speak about your sports games incessantly, but I am here for a different purpose. Welcome to the Sports Antidote, episode number 151. I'm your host, Danny Belts. Did you think of removing yourself? Did I think? No, I'm not going to remove myself. Why would I do that? Sing it, Kenny! Kenny Loggins, ladies and gentlemen. He sounds marvelous. He sounds like a guy that bet the Golden State Warriors last night. If you guys had a chance to watch Monday, or, you know, Monday Night Raw, I mean, Thursday Night Nitro, I mean... Professional wrestling in the NBA. Boy, things kind of went to plan yesterday. What a shock. We'll talk about all of the w, WNBA, the NBA playoff series. We'll talk about all of them briefly. And then we'll talk about the WNBA and what I think is going to happen to that league. And it's going to make billions uh, in about five years. If you could invest in the WNBA, I think you should do it. And I'll tell you why. And then Bro Exotic's probably going to come in to talk about some of that. Uh, post-female transitioners could also be identifying as bicarious pandromantic uh, gender fluid transmasculine. Of course. That- of- as well as Sal, school of woke. The young Woken is back to maybe settle the score with the drunk neighbor. Yeah, Sundance Wicks, household name nowadays. Everybody knows this. To talk about also how he went to Hawaii, and he's back. His coach for the Phoenix Sundance. My man, Coach Sundance, is running around on social media, and he sounds like Juicy Sommelier right now. We're going to have to get into some of that. It's going to be a great bit. It's going to be a great show. The drunk neighbor is in Italy, and he threatened me into watching his watching his dogs. He said, if you don't watch my dogs, I'll kill you. And then now I have to do that. So he's going to be over in the motherland, probably getting his you know media and mafia connections ready to roll. For his glorious return to the United States. And then we're going to be talking about the punt god, Ariza, real quick. Ariza first, Deshaun Watson. Now, you just have to understand a couple things here to understand where we are now in society. And then I just have to talk about this show on Comedy Central, Aquafina, Nora from Quint. I, we have to touch on this. And then we'll get into the meat and potatoes. Did you think of removing yourself i mean already you should know the no why would i ever remove myself when i think i'm the goat right (laughs) psych but this is a very interesting story that i think doesn't necessarily tie in to directly what i want to talk about in regards to sports but then again who cares because it's just super cool be sure and rate subscribe and review follow us on instagram at the sports antidote Reach out and touch a brother and tell somebody about the sports antidote today. And I won't even threaten you with who's going to cuck you this time if you don't. See, everybody can be better. The NBA right now is having what everyone's telling me are great series. And by measure of the series count, as far as what the record is in each, then yeah, I guess you could kind of get away with that one. Uh, Golden State, L.A., these have been some of the worst basketball games I've ever seen. And last night was probably the best one, and it really wasn't even that good. 
And the crazy thing about this is the over-under, after moving from 227 to like 223, and after having, I think, a 70-point second quarter, somehow in the third quarter, they score 40-something points. And then with five minutes left in the regular, just in regulation, it was right there tinkering at 222.5 to 223.5, the closing total. How is that even mathematically possible? This is the problem I have with the NBA. And I didn't have nothing on this. This is just the problem with the NBA, though. When people talk about its predictability, it's not just, okay, well, this home team's going to win the playoffs. Now, that happens in hockey. You know, that happens all the time, especially in, like, these long series type of situations. And we're going to see it a lot in basketball as well. And, and you won't quite see it much in baseball just because baseball, every time there's a different pitcher, there's a different lineup, there's a different game, you know. But this one you can clearly see. Well, anyway, so the Golden State game, the L.A., this is what the NBA wants. You know, you have the basically the face of the NBA currently in Steph Curry for all intents and purposes, the reigning MVP. And then, of course, on the other side, LeBron James, South California versus North California. You have all this going on, and the series has been horrible. And, you know, when they were down 3-1, Golden State, I, I told three people, I was like, what, what, you know, Golden State's going to win at home. And they're probably going to steal one in L.A. You know, this thing gets back to Golden State. The Lakers did what they needed to do, and they took game one. I don't like when people say they stole game one. They didn't steal shit. They just went in there and took it, borrowed it to never give it back. It wasn't like a thief in the night. They just punched him in the mouth for two and a half hours on national television. That's all that was. Uh, They didn't didn't steal anything. Uh, And then... This series has now morphed into this, like, what type of quarter, what type of team's going to show up this quarter? I've never seen an NBA series that could have quarters as high as 74 points and as low as 39. And it's almost like it runs in tandem, not that it's a symphony of fixed events, but it is just so, if that over, it's so tough to beat these totals badly. My point is, when the over, when the live total, right around there with two minutes left in half, was nearing 246 points. This presents such an incredible opportunity to start live betting on these things. You know there's no way that pace will continue. There's no way that they're going to do this another two quarters. Even with all the ludicrous talent on that floor offensively, most of that on the side of Golden State, the Lakers just need to stop shooting threes. My point is that this it, it it's almost... It's almost hard to comprehend how these can just, oh, don't worry, the 44-point quarter is coming, and there it is. Like, how, how, how is that even possible? The entire game changes. It's like, well, what, did they make halftime adjustments? No, they both just walked it up the court for the third quarter. I, they shot average, but they just there was no possessions. It, it's almost like that was an instructive. I, I, I don't understand. I never will. The NBA, I think that once you're in and then you get it, you have to swear a blood oath, and if you talk about it, then your firstborn is uh, kidnapped. I don't know. Because it is certainly something that's weird. Golden State's probably going to win this in seven. Uh, and speaking of winning in seven, I did tell a lot of people and in some groups I missed it on the show because it was after last week's show when the Phoenix Suns were down 0-2 to take them plus 700 to win the series in seven. It's actually a really good look, and I'll tell you why. Phoenix won both games at home. Clearly the Nuggets more convincing at home than the Suns. But the Suns are probably going to end up winning tonight in Game 6, which would force that back to Denver, which would mean you have already won. Because Denver is going to be about minus 190 on the money line in Game 7 if Phoenix wins. And at plus 700, you could almost lock in a 45% profit on your initial bet by sliding out the hedge to the small money line favorite. You really don't see these opportunities too often. Normally, it'd be set up to where if you bet all the money lines there, 
to Game 7 instead of betting the Game 7 you know, future that you would have won more money theoretically than just doing that. The books will do that to prohibit some sort of bet like this, at least to somebody with half a brain like myself. But the plus 700 is too high for that, and the money line differential when these teams play heads up is just too low. This isn't Georgia TCU in the national championship. Denver was a four-and-a-half-point favorite. That's the largest it's been the entire series. And Denver really did beat him up in game five. No one's really surprised there. Without Chris Paul, though, this does a lot of things. But the one thing that it definitely does is shows Devin Booker's ludicrous offensive efficiency. I'm not even going to talk about the Joker and what he's been doing in this series. I mean, just go read a box score. This is one of the few guys you can just be a box score Charlie and go look at it because what you're seeing is exactly what happened. Yes, he had 37, 17, 17, 8, and 4 a few days ago. Yeah. <laughs> he's had another trip. I think betting the Joker's triple doubles is like even money. Like, it's just stupid. It's ridiculous. <laughs> we'll get into the others in a second. I'm sorry. This is taking longer than I thought. But this series right now, uh, if if Phoenix can come out of there, it won't matter if they can win or lose in Game 7. You have already won. And if you really want to gamble, then just hedge on a quarter and not half. But either way, if you did make that bet and you don't hedge out for some profit, well, I can't let you around my kid. Because clearly if you're not going to do that, you are going to take her to a trans drag show. Everybody knows this. So now that we've gotten past that part, Sixers-Boston. This has been the big surprise series, not so much L.A.-Golden State, because Boston's home court advantage has been rock clock. I mean, just unbelievably difficult to beat them there. Uh, they, they Not only do they beat good teams at home, they destroy bad teams at home. Boston's been difficult for the house down the stretch because they just beat teams by 50. And then the Sixers, that is a stealing of game one where the Sixers stick around, Harden hits the huge shot, they close out the game, and then they win. And then they come back to reality. You know, Harden has like eight points the next game. And then the Sixers win in Philadelphia, go out to Boston in the pivotal game five on a, on a two-up series, and, and they just hit Boston over the head with a club. Again, they didn't steal anything there. They just went in there and borrowed it to never give it back because no one's stealing. They led the entire game. Embiid was phenomenal. And the reigning MVP showed why maybe he, you know, maybe he deserved that award. And I'm not going to argue either way. You know how I feel about Joel Embiid. I think he's incredible. But I just do not think his statistics uh, were that to which he should have been the MVP over uh, Jokic. That, that's it. I think most would agree there. Uh, and then, finally, <clears throat> that leads us to the Heat-Knicks, which really no one gives a shit about, which is crazy because theoretically these are two pretty big markets with a lot of history. You know, the Heat and the Knicks, boy, there was some Alonzo morning days and Oakley day. They did not like each other. The one series with all the suspensions, there was like three, over under three and a half fights a game. It was absolutely awesome. And then this one game, everybody got suspended. And you watch the next game. You've never seen this many white people on the court in your life. <laughs> I was like, Rick Smith, he still plays. No, I'm just kidding. There was abundance of, and Van Gundy is pulling out the six other hairs that he have. Oh, God bless America. But it would appear that the Knicks are going to <clears throat> walk away with that series. I would believe that they're going to win one of these next two games just because the way this series is, is particularly gone. These games have been pretty bad. Not just because they're low scoring, just because most of these games have been over coming into the fourth quarter. And then, of course, there's the, you know, comeback to make things look a little more closer than it was. But I did 
proclaimed that Cleveland would beat the Knicks in five, and that is one hundred. Let the record show a hundred percent opposite of what happened because they would beat Cleveland in five. So we'll see what happens with these guys right here. So the the WNBA uh, proclamation that I have. This is not the Onion News Network. This isn't any. This is what I actually believe is going to happen. So there's guys like Drew Timmy, who if they could shoot the ball from around the perimeter would be in the NBA. But Timmy struggles. Uh, from you know anything over 15 feet, there's a lot of guys like this. He's an incredible basketball player. He's one of the best college basketball players I've ever seen. And <clears throat> his stats would indicate that, but just not just that. The way that he plays isn't really translatable to the NBA if you can't shoot at three. It's just not going to work. He, he struggles from you know, six, 17, 18 feet. So you're not going to be able to play at the next level. Now, you can still go to Europe, make a ton of money, and then there's some guys that really can't even play in that upper levels and they play in the B and the C leagues, which I'm just, you know, for lack of a better term, uh, all around the world. And there's thousands and thousands and thousands of professional basketball outlets, and you're not really going to make money in, you know, 90-something percent of them. But one day there's going to be a guy in, like, the B league somewhere in, like, let's say uh, Poland. And, you know, he's making, like, eight eighty. 80 euro, 80,000 euro a year. I mean, that's not the Polish currency, but it's just anything that would be considered over here to be like around, maybe around 80, 70 grand, something like that. That's what I saw some of the median was for the guys in like the middle level leagues. And the thing is, is they're just going to realize one day this is not worth it. Like I'm not getting nearly the amount of poon that I was promised. A lot of these chicks don't care about the B league, not really making any money. Tired of driving around on this bus. It's cold as hell up here. You know, all these things. And one of these dudes, his name is like Justin. He played for like Tulsa. And he's a six foot seven, you know, four that can't shoot. He's, he's 235, 240 pounds. He's a monster. Super athlete. Just can't play in these, in these higher leagues. He's going to change his name to Justine. And before he does that, he'll get in touch with like the Mystics operations president or the owner and say, I'm going to play in the WNBA. I'm going to change my name, have a little facial reconstructive surgery. I am not chopping off my penis, but I'm going to be Justine and I'm going to throw my hat in the ring and you should listen. And here's why everybody's going to want to watch this. Uh, I don't know, Justin. Okay. Everyone's going to want to watch this. Let me ask you a question. Mr. Owner, would you want to watch a guy dunk on women for like two hours and then have to what? Listen to the woke WNBA commentators talk about how amazingly progressive this is and then he would say you're right you're hired so then he'd sign this person on like a one-year kind of loose agreement to maybe see maybe his pay is tied into his incentives are more or less tied into like the amount of money they get from advertising and the amount of viewership to see if the ratings could then affect his paycheck something like that and then after, you know, the first time this guy plays, when Barstool Sports finds out that you can watch a man dunk on, a, uh, you know, women for two hours, and then you can bet on it. So Portnoy will be all over this. He'll probably broadcast a live stream from the game with Big Cat. This would all of a sudden be one of the biggest basketball games in the world. Because I can tell you right now, I'm clearing the calendar to watch Justin have 59, 36, 17, 10, and 8. Okay, this guy will dunk till he gets bored. All right. And then then what's going to happen is the ratings are going to start piling in, but only for this one team. We all know it's because of just one player, but the women on the team are going to have a really good argument here and saying, "Well, no, it's our team driving the ratings." And they're right. 
So what's going to happen then is the rest of the league is going to be pissed because this league is going to be able to start paying their women more money because people are watching the Mystics games. They have cut into a demographic they never thought would happen. The cisgender gambling, Bud Light drinking white male. Bud Light? Yeah, Bud Light will be back. You should invest in that now. It's called, it, it always does. CQ me is investing. Anyway, so in, in, in this particular case, you're going to see this kind of happen. And then the subsidizing from the NBA, they're going to take another look at this and go, oh, this is pretty cool. We don't have to give as much money because advertisers are willing to pay more money because the ratings are up. Imagine this concept. So then after this guy wins the MVP and does all these things, his endorsements will start rolling in, and this dude's going to start making more money than some dudes in the NBA, right? And what do you think is going to happen? Then another guy is going to see this. He's over here playing in Bulgaria, and he's upset in the same spot. He's only, let's say he's 6'6". He's a tweener in between the three and the four. He also can't shoot. He goes to the WNBA, and he starts averaging a quintuple, triple, double as well. And then all of a sudden, he gets his endorsements. Ratings go up for that team. When these two teams play each other, the ratings are around the Super Bowl because everybody has money on this. And the funny part about all this is the wokest league in professional sports, the WNBA, is then going to have to grin and bear it as men get into their sport. And then people like Rebin, Megan Rapino, Rapino. I still don't say that. It is unbelievable. I really don't. It is a mental thing. I still say Embiid instead of Embiid. I don't know why. <laughs> but then she's going to come in off the top rope and talk about how this is incredible. And then at the end of the day, you're going to have a bunch of super progressive, far-left, woke females with the WNBA that are going to be grinding their teeth talking about biologically born men dominating the WNBA. And they're going to have to say things like, she deserves the NBA. <laughs> She deserves the NBA. She deserves the MVP <laughs> is what you'll have to hear them say. And then every guy in the world will understand that you can go to the WNBA now and make like $900,000 as like a role player as a man because the ratings are through the roof until one day there are no women left in that sport. I don't think it'll come down to that, but I am telling you, watching the WNBA have to get on board, bob their, bob their head up and down, and agree this is a good thing when they know it's ridiculous is going to be one of the funniest things you have ever seen. I'm not sure what's going to be more entertaining, watching the pre- and post-game shows or the actual show when a chick with hairy armpits that has a little bit of makeup on is dunking on everyone. The difference between an average, average, offensively lacking forward in Conference USA, and the best player in the WNBA is nearly a light year, and not just by skill, because if the Caitlin check from if she came down and start, I mean, clearly she's got more, more skill than 99% of the basketball players that walk skill, dribbling, shooting, passing. She's incredibly good at all three of those, right? But the sheer size of these guys and the strength. It is, will be in virtually impossible to stop someone that is three times, four times stronger than you and taller than you. When I say that, I'm serious. This guy can probably bench press twice his – I don't want to get into all this. The point is it would be absurd. But then the fact that we're all going to have to agree that it's incredible will then complete the full circle journey of madness. 
as we and I hope the guys do not shave their armpits. I hope they just talk a little effeminate, change their names, and then proceed just to windmill on on everyone. You may have to sign disclaimers. You have women running around in that league that are under 150 pounds that are really small, and some of these dudes potentially coming in are ogres. <laughs> you think? Look what happened again in in the mixed martial arts forum. That guy, the transgender fighter, has now cracked three women's skulls and then bragged about it on social media. I'm not even going to get into his name or anything. It's stupid. It's insane. Yeah, bone density is different between men and women, and they shouldn't fight each other. This is when Joe Rogan started realizing how dumb this is, all of it. He called a fight, and after the fight was over, said, call the police. And they should have. What do you think is going to happen? It's unbelievable. And lastly, before we jump into the title, uh, I do want to talk about this show real quick on Comedy Central, Aquafina, and they spell it with K's and W's. It's supposed to be kind of like a funny joke, and this is basically about a family of Asians in New York, and the, the show's premise is supposed to be about her real life. They changed the names a little bit. Comedy Central threw this on there after South Park that's when it comes on, and there's a reason why they did that. I'm reading an article last year by Yahoo Sports. So this is what's funny about this. Yahoo Sports is writing an article on Aquafina, uh, the show that comes on after South Park. It's written by a guy named Brian Key, K-E. Hmm, okay, that's all right. Came out almost a year ago today, May 13th, 2022, and they brag about in its initial Opening, viewership, pilot, whatever you're called, it had 3.8 million viewers. Interesting. Interesting. Do a little research here. Yeah, most shows like this are going to have a big bump in the beginning. There's a reason why they moved The Daily Show from prior directly behind South Park as they did that once, then unchanged it, did it again, unchanged it. It's because guys like Trevor Noah really need the ratings bump when everyone hasn't changed the channel from South Park yet. <laughs> this is how this works in the news. When they hand the microphone to the other, everybody gets a bump on who's after Tucker Carlson or on MSNBC years ago, who's after Rachel Maddow, because those are the heavy hitters. And it's incredible to me that, that, that this is not, wait, no, 3.8 million viewers. Can we watch the viewership halfway through this show? Because I can check that on my podcast app, previously anchored now Spotify I can look at when people drop off on the on the average and I can get micro down to the click of each individual one to where they stopped listening so I know you can do this on television and I guarantee you the uh the results to that would be pretty much where it is this is another show that they're putting up that is losing them money I watched two episodes it is unbelievably unfunny and that's not it's like Pete Davidson unfunny like I'm trying, like, I'm not, not laughing because I don't want to. I'm laughing because it's just not any good. Uh, I don't know how much more longer Comedy Central can continue to pimp out South Park to carry the actual burden of the fact that no one watches anything else they have. South Park is the equivalent of the private sector to Comedy Central. So they just insert the blood bag here, milk it all out, and then the other 23 hours play their ridiculous dog shit that they make organically and they, they're proud of. In which no one watches anything. So that's when they buy syndication to The Office and syndication to Seinfeld to then run that, coinciding with all the stuff that really sucks to beef up the bump 
in the beginning of everything that they create <laughs> so they can have it artificially built up prior by the most successful sitcoms the world has ever seen in South Park and then, of course, Seinfeld and The Office. So it is just absolutely ridiculous. I wonder who's subsidizing Comedy Central because outside of South Park, they are a failure. That is hilarious. And you can go look at their earnings and you can go look at some of the people that have not wanted to advertise with them anymore because no one's watching. Very, very interesting there. So the punt god, I was almost going to do an entire episode on this, but something happened that was way better earlier this week and I moved this out. And then I realized this is going to be the running story throughout the week. But if you didn't know, Ariza, the punt god for San Diego State, let me tell you something real quick. I'm watching a game against UNLV three and a half, four years, three years ago. Four, excuse me, four years ago, okay? And I need San Diego State just to get a punt off, and I'll probably win. This is all Michigan had to do in Harbaugh's first year in 16 versus Michigan State was just get the punt off. But the punter fumbled. And it was picked up, and as the clock expired, ran into the end zone, which is still one of the most unbelievable conclusions in American sports history. Uh, that game was insane. And in, in, in watching that, all basically is going to have to happen is that San Diego State just needs to punt this football and I'll win. There's about 20 seconds on the clock. They're up by three. They're in no man's land. And they're right about their own, like, 19-yard line. And UNLV has no timeouts. So if they can just bang one and limit a return, I'm probably good. UNLV's place kicker at the time had just kicked a 59-yarder that was good from about 91 yards. So he's pretty good at kicking a football. So I was a little concerned about the field goal range, but all in all, my odds of winning are very high. So I'm watching this. I hadn't watched any of the game. I just got to wits in to meet my brother have a couple belts, watch some football out there in mid-city New Orleans. And then I'm watching and I'm saying, well, we just need to get this punt off. We should be good. And this guy goes, get the punt off. He kicked a 74-yarder earlier. I'm like, yeah, okay. Then they show his punts. And this guy has punt three over 60, one over 70. And they're saying he can normally kick it over 80. And I'm just like, what are you talking What? What? Like normally when you're better than something, you're better than someone at something in pro sports. You're not Steph Curry better than something. It's very difficult to be a hundred times better than people in professional sports, than your peers. But this guy seems to be uh, right there along line with that thought process. Because I watch him uncork on one that made its way to Aria. Yeah, it left San Diego and made its way to Las Vegas because this dude kicked the holy mule shit out of this ball, kicked it over the guy returning's head, who already knew this guy could kick it really far, and the punt went 80-something yards, and then they must have not got that memo in the guy's first preseason game, and for pro, he uncorks one about 83 yards over somebody's head. This guy is a weapon, if, and he cough in corners, and he can do that. Oh, my God. If you can cough in corner and then just uncork one, one of the biggest problems with punting from the back of your end zone, aside from the fact that you're going to have to get it off quick and they could block it, is sometimes guys with a big boot will just kick it as hard as they can instinctually, which is good, but you're going to outkick your coverage, and with a dangerous return man, well, that's a problem. But when you can kick a ball 80 yards, no one's really going to care about outkicking the coverage because you're going to outkick the returner just about every time. He gets into the pros, everything's going insane, and then we realize that this guy was involved in a rape. Okay, not good. 
Guy leaves, the Bills fire him, cut him immediately, and he's gone. And then the story starts to unfold. And then I start to listen to the story. We talked about this story a year ago. I follow it about a couple stories once a month to see where we're at here. And about a month ago, some, case, some facts started coming out that really got a little Duke lacrosse Okay, and I'm like, well, so we're changing our story. The witness now is. The witnesses are keeping their story straight. And then the prosecution, the other side, is trying to make a loop without us knowing. But I can see this. And the, the time frames aren't working out. Nothing's working out. So this chick goes into a party and says she's 17. I don't, or says she's 18. I don't know the rules on this, but I'm almost positive you cannot lie about your age to induce some sort of statutory rape situation, then to extort money on the other end. I'm almost positive that's illegal in both courts. Let's, I'm not saying that happened, but it looks like it may have, in this case, to an extent. I'm also not a proponent of rape, and I feel that <laughs> unlike the last chick that uh, said that Trump, you know, the interview where she says, I think rape is sexy. That's the person that allegedly was raped by Donald Trump that we find out wasn't, of course. And then we have all this sideshow charades with this town hall. I can't even, I can't even, I'm, I have so, God, I just want to be happy in life. Can't even turn on the news. It's just so absurd. The stories you read is just, it is unbelievable. <laughs> In any event, if you are accused of rape and you are guilty, and we know this for a fact, like there's no, well, it could have been, should have been. I think you should be put to death. I think that rape is up there with murder murder one, murder two, maybe even in some cases uh, accessory to a murder. I, you know, it, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. So in this case, we find that in, in any event, this is the only crime and accusation where you're guilty until proven innocent every single time. And then we see that there's witnesses there saying she said that she was 18. So she lied about her age. And are you supposed to ID girls now? Is the burden of proving someone's age for consent on the, the person that's about, I mean, if they're, it's consensual. And even if both are drunk, you can't even do that anymore. If the, if the guy is, remember that story out there at uh, Rutgers, the guy was drunk, she was drunk. They had sex and she said she was raped. And even though she was drunk and he was, he was drunk, apparently worse than her, then he still raped her. I just have kind of a problem with that thought process because we clearly can see, and even now to her admission, it was consensual. Again, and I also feel if you're a woman and then you lie and make all this, or a man, men get raped a lot. It's like people don't even know. The numbers on that in prison don't even really get reported. A lot of the numbers on women, men just rape everyone. It's freaking horrible. A lot of the numbers don't get reported with women because they're also scared to come forward. And I understand both sides of it. It's horrible. Uh, but you should definitely just be shot and left to rot if you're a rapist. I think most would agree on that. And in this case, uh, what he's being accused of, though, is, is, is pretty hardcore. And then we see the facts start to roll out. Finally, begrudgingly and under the radar, some of the timelines are now released, and now we're cooking with gas. So the alleged incident happened at approximately 1.32 a.m. Pacific time in South California. But the problem with this is, is that this man, Ariza, left the party at approximately 12.26 a.m. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say it is virtually impossible to physically rape someone when you're not there. And yet, this will not be a story. And yet, this man will never play pro sports again, even though he might be the greatest punter in the history of mankind and is a weapon on special teams because now you can get real friendly on third down if your punter can kick it a quarter of a mile.
there's a lot of ways that this dude would flip a game in which the likes of which we've never seen in football. If you're just casually punting from your own 30 and you're banging that thing, oh, I mean, like, that is a big deal. <laughs> I don't even know what you do there. And on the other side, someone that has been accused of twice the same thing, most of these things against Deshaun Watson are clearly not rape, but they're both tied up in civil court, which this one, let it be known, arise that this is a civil suit, okay? Overall, 30-something counts for Deshaun Watson, and he signs the largest contract in North American sports history. <laughs> And I guarantee you the validity of the claims on one side are going to have a way higher clip rate being as where he just went to their place. Mostly they came to his house and there are no witnesses. And that's why my dad has always said when you're in a meeting with a woman and you're by yourself out of respect and the dignity of the situation, keep the door open. <laughs> but Deshaun Watson's making the national debt while this kid is going to be pumping gas when he is exonerated of this which he inevitably will be there will be no apology from the buffalo bills there will be no apology from the nfl and no countermeasures on her family <laughs> and i guarantee you she was talked into doing this too and i could bet on that i would i i would with this guy now what happened after he left i have no clue if there was a gang rape and there was some physical, there's something happened for damn sure. But for her to not really say anything, then to come out and say anything, and then to come back and say, oh, yeah, oh, by the way, that, that, that punter that just kicked the 83-yarder for the Bills, he was there too. He raped me too. That's a little suspect, right? So if you raped her, you should be shot. But this guy, he wasn't even there when it happened. These are the facts of the case, and they are indisputed. Did you think of removing yourself? What the hell is that? I'm glad you asked. I'm in a current sales situation in a sales grinder, the blender grinder. <laughs> I know a lot about that. Like I've never been in in my life. In an incalculable, improbable situation that cannot be helped by any sales mentor that I have. None of them. And the reason is because the situation is so atypical, it's almost like I made it up. So for all intents and purposes, let's just pretend that I am. <laughs> Maybe this will protect me in case this – actually, you know, I am making all this up. Now that that's a disclaimer, is that kind of how like rappers can talk about killing people? How Master P talks about killing two people in one song? <laughs> they basically brag about killing Yellow Boy, which we're going to do again in July – but this time I'm going to get over the no limit response to UNLV Dragons from the river, which we did not talk about and most people don't, <clears throat> but I will. <laughs> but the sales situation is absurd. The odds of being in the situation are probably Powerball cubed. Because in order for this to happen, so many things have to occur in conjunction with the correct timeline. It's almost, like I said, incalculable. <clears throat> but make no mistake, you can calculate it. I mean, one of the biggest decisions and the biggest, pro the biggest opportunities of my life, the biggest opportunity of my life, trying to get to where we need to be. And we've been doing and running along with this opportunity for a long time. Decision maker, an older guy who is the old school like patriarch of the company, but is excellent at what he does. 
He's a little over the top at times, but I think that he's pretty damn good, uh, in my opinion. I want to get into the whole story here, but it would take away from why I'm telling it. But basically, this man is going to have to step down. Mid-pilot calls me to tell me to go over to his establishment, his office, to meet with the board that he has because he's stepping down and we're in the middle of making a big decision with my company. Nothing can go right here as I'm driving out there. I'm just thinking, are you shitting me right now? I'm like, get any more unlucky than this. And the guy tells me that the decision to make this is going to go between three people and he is stepping down from the company effective immediately after the end of this week. He was tying a few vendors in that are in the process of huge decisions with these guys and the competition alike with me and the other vendors selling whatever they sell just to give everyone a fair chance in an even playing field. Professional move, and I applaud that. So this is kind of an impromptu situation. I have no idea what to expect, but fortunately I'm pretty good. Of all the things I'm bad at, I'm pretty good in these spots. And real, But before I get rolling here, I look over and realize that one of the women at the table is the only person in my entire sales career that I would ever say, talked about her on here before. It's incredible. Without a doubt that she had a personal vendetta with me from something that she did not understand from my previous role that was explained to the point of a contract and her and her lawyers apparently did not read uh, what redlined, what was not redlined. I don't know. They signed it after we went back and forth through, you know, me being a legal beagle of, of, of this contract that was, you know, I just memorized it, got with two of my lawyer friends when I first took this job, the one that I'm talking of recently and that, or, you know, beforehand. And then, you know, had them understand or explain to me how to explain to this, like a five-year-old, but how to get out of things. So in other words, not to know how to speak to it in depth, but be able to talk to it from a, you know, from 10,000 feet and sound like, you know, what you were doing, <clears throat> they trained me on this and they got to be pretty good at it. But, you know, going over this, it, it didn't work out on their end and they, they broke the, they broke the terms and then the company legally came after them and then they came after me personally saying that you didn't tell us about this is it was unbelievable situation i'm sitting in this in this boardroom as this woman goes on a personal just a personal attack which is the odds of this hat this is one in a trillion telling me how i don't even know what the product is i think i read about the company this man misled me once and like the decision makers face the uh, previous guy who's Having to step down for clearly touching somebody's thigh in the locker room or God knows what. <laughs> is, it, this is insane. So I'm not even being disarmed. I'm just being just shot. I'm trying to battle all of this. And she's really rocking this boat. And this is really not going how I wanted it to. This is, this is an absolute disaster. And I get with some guys that are the best salespeople that will actually talk to me that I've ever met. One is my uncle of mine who was an ops guy, an inventor, creator, who also was a salesperson that was able to invent things in the medical sales world, invent them, and then go sell them. Can you do that? Probably not. I can't. <laughs> That's for damn sure. <clears throat> the other guy is a, one, a guy that I worked with. On the other side, he was a competitor that they brought in to work with my company out of my internship into this big medical sales merging. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then the other a guy that I've met in passing and between these three people, I can usually get an incredible uh, take. And I was not able to hear because they had no idea what to say. And I applaud them for not going, well, you know, and then bullshit. And they just said, I don't know what to say. But one of them said something really smart. 
He said, I think you should ask the best and the smartest or the most respected opinion in your book, female salesperson, you know what she would do. Huh. Huh. That's a good idea. I'll do that. So I know a few of these, you know, really smart women in sales because there happens to be an awful lot of them. But one, one came out pretty quick. And of all the people who this is, it's actually the wife of the person you know as the woke pope who comes on here quarterly, speaking of which, he's due. Oh, this chick's just great. If I had to describe this woman, it would be pretty simple. And I'm going to say this with the utmost amount of sanctity and respect for the fact that I am friends with this man's wife and friends with her. So I say this respectfully, but if you want to offend these two, you'd have to really, really, really say something outrageous, particularly the husband, particularly <laughs> anyway. But she's like a guy who's a hot, there it is. She's a very pretty woman who is also has the tendencies of a guy, which is, uh, this is great. Who's also really smart and really good at sales, does extremely well. So good for her. In any event, what happens here is she creates, she has a certain type of, it's like a vortex. She's in a more of a male uh, dominated. And as far as like the salespeople per capita is how she explained to me a couple years ago, I think she recently flipped positions and companies for what she does. But it's always more difficult in some cases for women, especially in my opinion, when they have to sell in front of other women. Now, women in my company will tell you the same thing. Now, you know, some pharmaceutical models, which she is not in right here, is when you just send in uh, someone that's extremely attractive on either sex and see if this works out. The pharma model, you know, they got big in the 80s and the 90s and even the early 2000s. Not the case here. So she can certainly step in and swing. So I run this whole situation by her, and she's not saying a word the whole time. If you ever talk to someone for an extended period of time, and you notice that they don't have to add in follow-up things like, yep, uh-huh, okay, yeah, yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, no, no, I agree. If you're not asking them anything, and they're not interjecting with these things, one of two things is happening. They're just not listening to you at all, or they are really, really listening, maybe even writing some stuff down, as they are not trying to form their opinion yet because you haven't stopped talking. Don't you love when you get into a debate or an argument or a discussion with someone and you can tell that you're talking to them, but it's like talking to a weed whacker because they can't wait to expel from their mouth like a hot dog-ridden fart their wonderful and amazing thought for humanity that's about to exit their trap hole? Well, this isn't happening here because not only is she very cerebral, she's a thinker, she's also highly intuitive, and for her to be able to put herself in this situation this quickly and come up with her conclusion as fastly quickly as she was able to do is a marvel. It really is. So I run this whole thing by her. You see where this is going? And I tell her all of the backstory between her and I, and she even gets into like, if you're like a lawyer, all right, really tell me what happened if I'm going to defend you. <laughs> and I just told her, like, this is what happened. Like, and she's like, this is insane. I've never heard of this. Like, I know. She says, maybe you should call her. And she goes, and I'm just throwing this out there. Maybe you should call her 
bring this stuff out into the open to try to knock down some walls initially and see if we can just begin on an even playing field. This is something that I considered. And this is a very good idea. But the fact that I considered it first means that it's a bad idea. Because the thing that normally hits me in the head first in professional scenarios is not what you need to do. So I need to throw it out of court immediately and ground this thing back into what should I really do here and why. And that's not going to work with her. Because in this case, all she's going to do is use that against me. And after making all these personal attacks in a professional setting, which is wildly unbelievable, she would absolutely also bring up, and the asshole called me too to try to get, she would say that. So that would just make it worse. And then she says this. Did you think of just removing yourself? What? Why would, why, why, why would, I mean, would it just Kobe Bryant take himself out of a game in a fourth quarter? <laughs> what, what do you mean? You didn't hear the news? I'm, I'm a goat, right? Just ask me. <laughs> we all know it's not, that's not how I, we have a ton of new listeners. Nevada, look at my Nevada people stepping up. Met a couple guys out there. We always have a good Nevada following, but this is like a big spike in one of my favorite states. <laughs> Remove yourself? No. Why on God's green earth would I do that? Why would you remove yourself from a situation? The reason why you don't think about removing yourself from a situation is because as a guy, you just don't want to remove yourself from the situation. It's something that's almost inert. It's just there. Innate. Inert? I just made up a word. That is a word. It's inherent, especially in this position, especially uh, with a, a sales guy, a cisgender white male sales guy. I voted for the orange man twice, so of course course but directly she brings up one of the greatest points that i have ever seen and in doing so she brought up an entire wave and genre of afterthought for me as i went down that rabbit hole forever and all i could say after she said that was huh all yours truly could get out of this intellect compound that's going on upstairs in my dome, right? Of course, there's just so many files to roll through the archives for the classic response, and I pony up with... Huh. It's kind of like your boy, instead of asking for a Red Rider, how about a football? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> how about a football? Yeah, a football. The suggestion alone... Almost began initially insulting as I thought she was joking, but then I need to realize she's not here to joke. She does way better than you. She's smarter than you. Maybe this is a clinical evaluation that should be evaluated. But my initial reaction as a stupid idiot man is just to hear this and go, <laughs> Oh, she's not laughing. Oh, wait. Oh. Huh. Listens to the whole thing. Doesn't really interrupt. Probably thought at times, wrap it up, but gave the best evaluation and, and clinical analysis that could possibly be given. And in two weeks, I will not be in this meeting. I will not be in this meeting because I think I'm going to have COVID. And I think that's the story. And I think, and after talking to guys above me and all, not only is it a great idea, it gives immediate, immediate and absolute disarmament to a situation that is already nuclear. 
And by me not being there, if she still goes on the same diet, if she goes on the same rant, she will continue to discredit herself within her company, as I know she's already done. A couple guys at that table were not happy with the fact that the score was 21 nothing before the game started, and they never had a fair chance to evaluate me as a person and never had a fair chance to evaluate my company from an effective and operational efficiency standpoint, what they're looking to do from cost savings to whatever. Didn't even get, I didn't get that chance to explain that as well. So you know, there's a lot going on here. But it's one of the greatest, most prolific points, and it absolutely is such a, a just a foretense for how I need to be thinking because I never think about removing myself. Maybe we should. Because <laughs> it's the only possible situation that can give the only possible result that we need. Because there's a 0% chance if my broke ass shows up there with my two guys that I report to, that we're going to get this deal because we're not going to get off the aircraft carrier. And even if we do, we ain't landing clean. But if I'm not there, well, our chances go up 100%. That's our chances, not the result. A simple idea, yet one of the smartest, most timely, intelligent, and remarkable things I have ever heard. And it is a metaphor for everything that I used to be about, which is just me. And this is not getting into, you know, just taking some time off to get my life in order. It's way beyond that. It's constantly just understanding maybe in situations where you're not controlling things the correct way with your daughter who's nuts and maybe trying to get louder than her isn't the way that you're going to calm her down or amend a situation or most importantly, create a situation in which we can reflect on some learning on her end. Instead, I'm teaching her, if you want to get your way or an argument, just yell louder. When my wife comes in and says, just walk away, maybe I should listen. I will now. And it's not because I don't listen to my wife. I do all the time because she's right a lot more than me about stuff. But it's because I don't even think about how could that help. Well, this is a simple one. You're not helping, so you're hurting. Leave. Come back in 10 minutes. In situations where there's internal pushing around with companies, whether that be in sports, professional sports, all the way down to this, we can see how removing oneself is a big deal. Politically, we see this all the time. Look, make no mistake, President Biden removed himself for almost 90 days from public eye prior to the presidential election of 2020. He removed himself and it worked. <laughs> the election was stat on care. Don't give a shit. That gets me so, still so now, I'm just, even like a week after on this show, I was like, enough. Like, enough. Like, I have shit to do today. I need to get to it. We're not going to get to it by this. But let's talk about the insurrection for two and a half years. Yeah, here we go. Yes. And I have to. Got into another, not debate, but quick talk about that. How many people died during the insurrection? The answer from this person was all kinds of people. Who did? Oh, police. Nate, false. Two cops died. They killed themselves after the fact. 
There was no only one person died. A white lady shot in the neck. Unarmed white lady by a Capitol police officer, Ashley Babbitt, in the throat to die like a stuck pig in the back of the woods. <clears throat> That's the only person that died that day, and the only person that died on that phone call was me, metaphorically, because I was died and reborn. Not just because, and not just through the word, let me tell you. <laughs> but because that statement, in its simplicity, and it is simple, but again, just to re-up this, it couldn't have been delivered at a better time, but it is something that every single man in, in, this, in listening to this, or even that walks earth, needs to understand that there's a time and a place for us all to remove ourselves because we're not helping. And in situations like this, if I ain't helping, you're, I'm hurting. You're hurting. No gray area here. Trying to have a learning moment with your daughter, gray area, zero. Helping, hurting. Trying to get the deal of your life in a meeting with someone that hates you, being there, probability of help, zero percent. What did Mr. T say in Not Another Teen Movie? Believe in the ball. Throw yourself. That is what I should have named the title of this. But then again, that would take away from the great quote, did you think of removing yourself? No. But then I did, and now I am. Clever girl. Has anybody seen Bro Exotic? If so, that means you want to be a woke white person. So listen up, because I'm going to give you your PhD in wokeology. Bro Exotic joins the Sports Antidote in this lovely evening. How you doing, bro? Uh, what's going on, dude? Bro Exotic? Uh... Vice Pope of Cal, Church of Woke. What's going on, dude? Sick. That's what's going on. And let me tell you something, buddy. We're going to go back to something you said uh, like a week ago. Do you mind if I just get a little improv, maybe hit you with the hot seat stand real quick, or is that too much? No, it's all right, dude. Go ahead. Well, thank you. You're already better than most Democratic politicians who refuse to face the media, such as the president. Uh, Bro Exotic, you mentioned last week that you were – Professor Exotic in that's, South that's correct. Uh-huh. School of Woke. And that just opened up not so much Pandora's box, but just so many doors into the cavernous, massive brain that is, you know, Danny Belts. <laughs> and I just have so many questions, but I don't know if now is the time. However, can you at least just tell us maybe this week's curriculum amongst the children uh, that you are awakening? every single day of, of, of your life. But go ahead. This week, is there like a theme or anything we can discuss? We can go to other weeks if there isn't one. Oh, yeah, dude. No, we actually had a great week uh, in, oh. uh, in uh, pan literature. Uh, we, uh, we reviewed the book uh, Panama Farm, uh, written by the Woke Pope. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's kind of like uh, George Orwell's uh, Animal Farm in that the animals uh, learn the beauty of communism. Uh, but this version is light years more woke and all the uh, animals are pansexual. Okay. Yeah, I knew that this wouldn't take long to strike gold. Uh, okay, so we are taking Animal Farm, written by George Orwell, you know, boxer, Napoleon, uh, you know, <laughs> characters in that book. And now we have identified that the woke Pope has made a revision of this, a remake Panama farm in which the animals on this farm are pansexual and pansexual only. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes, it is the uh, it's considered the staple of uh, pansexual literature. 
Uh, oh, I imagine it's the Bible of pansexual literature. And right now I'm actually looking on woke. Oh, it's not woke flicks. Where does one find this book? Just send me the link. I'll buy it. Um, and I'm buying all of this right now. So this is incredible. So can we just get into the book, maybe? Uh, Panimal Farm? Uh, I mean, you know, it's... It, it's probably beyond your understanding, dude. I mean, it's, I mean, it we all a, know it's beyond Mark. It takes a real scholar. Show. It takes a real scholar of woke literature to, to kind of uh, really delve into that one. But I will tell you, dude. Uh, after uh, we we finished this book in class, uh, we decided to treat our uh, our kids to uh, to a woke petting zoo. Uh, just kind of you know bring it all all together. You know, it was pretty I, cool. I'm, I'm sorry. I just I, I have to co come in here. So a woke petting zoo. I have never heard of such a concept. So is this obvious? Clearly the animals are woke. Are the people putting on this woke as well? I mean, does everyone have to be woke? Much like every animal has to be pans in Panama Farm? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you can't train an animal to be woke if you are not woke yourself. You know, you, certainly, yeah. certainly you can understand that. that but yeah, the, basically, you know, we trained, uh, you know, we trained the white animals to feel bad about their, uh, their privilege. Uh, as you can imagine, there's uh, quite a bit of white guilt amongst the sheep. Yes. Uh, yes. And, you know, like, you know, whenever the, the donkeys uh, get a little crazy, uh, we just play a little bit of the national an anthem uh, until they kneel. Uh, and then we can uh, we can coddle them as they lay down, you know. Uh, but I tell you what, dude, the, the pigs refuse to get woke. And it's, it's crazy. They're always checking the petting zoo borders so that no other animals can get in. And uh, I just I hate those racist gun toting pigs, dude. But uh, anyway, it was it was a fun time, dude. I mean, it seems like I mean, I, how, how can you go wrong? So I'm going to be reading Panama Farm. Um, I doubt I'll be sending the young belts to to that school and to read such literature. But that's OK. I don't need to because we have you here. So, bro, that is an incredible development within cow. Excuse me. Sal School of Woke. Uh, and I, I <laughs> I'm sorry if I'm lagging. Just the concept of this is so incredible. You've actually caught me. After two and a half years of you, it never really sets in how aggressive and amazing uh, your organization actually is, bro. Yep. We, uh, we started Mount Young, dude. Uh, the Woke Smart. Foundation The Woke Foundation is uh, a very important part of life, and it's the only way we can uh, progress through this world, dude. I couldn't agree more. And speaking of progression, can I hit you with a scenario real quick? Uh, yeah, go ahead, man. Okay. So, bro, I imagine this is going to be a quandary, much like to the cisgender white male that voted for the orange man. Such statements such as uh, if a tree falls in the woods and no one's around, does it make a sound? Everyone knows that it doesn't. Uh, everyone knows this. Uh, however, what everyone may not know is, is your glorious opinion on what I'm about to throw at you. Uh, a curveball, if you will. So, bro, what would be the Church of Woke's official stance if if a man who then changed over to a woman, not the sex change, because you don't need to do that. Just change your name, maybe put on a little makeup, and then started dominating in the WNBA. Would this be a greater win for the trans community, or is it a larger loss for the biological women, hashtag women's rights? So which one of those would it be if it started off with one, but then graduated to like half the league in like two years? Um... Uh... Uh, well, well, okay. So you have, uh, so you have uh, AMABs, which is uh, assigned male at birth. Uh, they're all living their truths by uh, transitioning into women. Uh, you know, becoming applicable for the WNBA, which is obviously good women's rights. 
but on the other hand, uh, you know, <laughs> cis women players uh, have a problem with this due to theoretical biological advantages. And uh, they don't want to see these brave women uh, in the locker room hanging dong uh, because the cis community is fascist and, and benevolent. Um, but on the other hand, some of these uh, AMABs assigned male at birth, uh, post-female transitioners could also be identifying as bicarious pandromantic uh, gender fluid transmasculine. Of course. That, of course. Which means that their subconscious can fluidly change genders through a variety of societal and emotional variables. So if they become male during a game, then they're violating rule number one of the WNBA, which is you must be a woman. And we need to protect women and their rights, women's rights. Everyone knows this. Uh, on the other hand, this could cause disarray and perpetuate cis supremacy fascism, hashtag Stephen Crowder, uh, by mm. discluding members from the LGBTQQIP2SAA community mm. from their ability to participate in women's sports uh i don't know dude uh, it's quite it's quite the woke brain buster is it not? that's a tough one dude now your homework assignment bro which has never been done before is to think about this and then next week come back with the official not your opinion as well as the official stance of cow i imagine you may have to run this by uh, the woke Pope, his royalness uh, himself, less what we know what happened last time. So I think I you know, may want to run that a, up. This is going to be a week's worth of uh, woke think tanking. Um, what? what? So this is going to be it's going to be uh, it's going to be quite the adventure here, dude. Quite quite the, woke, the operation. Woke think tanking. Yeah, oh, I would pay money to be in one of those. But then again, uh, I can't fortunately, do. there's not enough money in the world, dude. You just gotta uh, you gotta woke the woke, as they say. They do hashtag inclusion. Uh, anyway, bro, uh, thank you so much for joining the Sports Antidote. I mean, there's so much to unpack after that. Our listeners are probably swerving off the road right now um, because they're probably wondering the same thing. What's really going to really bust your brain is what happens if a lot of biological women who identify as men go to the NBA and make it worse? Is that better for society? <laughs> Maybe oh, it we'll... definitely is, dude. If women can dominate in a man's world, absolutely. What are you, t- what are you talking about? Yeah, it's not even, even though I clearly said the product tough, would dude. be worse. Right. It's a no-brainer for you. <laughs> I mean, I it is think take for that one, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, product is worsening and bro exotic is happy because we have more inclusion. This is exactly what. Yes. So you need to think about the initial homework assignment, please. And involve all woke, all woke capacities from every cabinet in that building. And we look forward to having you on next week for your uh, response. I'd send this one to the woke Vatican. We might need to have a council about this. But uh, yeah, we may need to do more than that. Who knows? But we'll find out. Bro Exotic, thanks for joining the Sports Antidote. Anything you want to close with? Uh, yeah, dude. Uh, no joke, stay woke. And we'll uh, see you next week, dude, with those results. We will. Hashtag. Mm, I drew a blank there. I'm sorry. Give us a hashtag before you go. Uh, hashtag BLM and M. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but it's woke AF. I love it. I love it. Oh, off the cuff is bro exotic. We'll see you next week, buddy. All right, dude. Cheers. <laughs> the Young Woken joins the Sports Antelope there. How you doing, Young Woken? What's up, champ? I'm doing great. Oh, champ. I tell you what, that's uh, I got to add that into the repertoire. Pal, chief, ace, bud. Those get a little old sometimes, champ. That just made the cut. Boy, it's been a while. Anyway, 
so much has happened since the last time, last time you've come on the show. I know you went to Hawaii, uh, which is just the whitest thing that a person can do. Congratulations. Thank you. You officially ran around as like a Howley, right? Like Butters on South Park, I imagine. Did they try to make you king of the island or something? No? Absolutely. <laughs> just like that South Park episode. Yeah, that's how it works. So let's just get right into this. So, you know, I've been reading. I know you've sent me some articles about the new coach. Of course, everyone's wondering about the new coach of Phoenix basketball for the University of Green Bay, Wisconsin. I'm pretty sure if you go on ESPN, it's like trending right now, right? I mean, everyone's all over this. Yeah, Sundance Wicks, household name nowadays. Everybody knows this. Everybody knows. Exactly. You couldn't have stated that any better. Uh, Sundance Wicks. Uh, and, and, and the man has gotten on Twitter and looks like he's been popping off pretty good uh, about some uh, information. Was it a letter someone left at his house threatening his family? Something like that, correct? Yeah, uh, looked like actually two different ones showed up. Two different letters, yes. And this is in Wyoming, correct? Uh, no, that was he's he's in Wisconsin. So somehow this has already the... happened. I, I thought this was from his previous job. Well, yes, he came from Wyoming because he's a Wyoming native. Uh, yes. So, so they they didn't like that when he left. So they didn't like right. So what I'm saying is this this type of hate is probably coming from someone in Wyoming. So already this is getting a little juicy sommelier for me <laughs> because one, no one lives in Wyoming. And two, no one cares about Coach Wicks over there. I can guarantee you that. But what is just phenomenal is some of the stuff that he has gone. He, I can see, I think, and I tell him this right to his pretty face. I think he's one of these guys that takes something when he can and then forces it to the extreme. We have someone on our show that does that. His name's Bro Exotic. I think you've heard of him. Yeah, and it's fitting. Um, it, it is. Sundance actually used to coach at Bro Exotic's, one of Bro Exotic's favorite schools, uh, San cool. Francisco. San Francisco Dons. You, wow, Bro Exotic now is a huge fan. He's a big fan of that university, uh, but and I am not. But I will tell you this. It, it just seems like he's the type of guy that wants to take a nothing and then make a something out of nothing. And every time someone tries to do this, we find out that the evidence that they're putting forth, that they made themselves like a very famous actor on a, on a show that nobody watches in, you know, out of Chicago. Do you think it's possible Sundance is juicy smiley-ing us? Or are people actually threatening his children? What do you think? You know, I thought it was ironic, Belts. One of those letters said, and I quote, I can smell the fake from here. So that's that's interesting. Sounds like uh, something somebody that's lying would say. I can smell the fake. Yeah, I, 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 I don't. Yeah, this is, again, a house made of paper mache. I'm not going to be rooting against the guy. I mean, I, I love the Phoenix, and I, I'll just say it. Hashtag just give to the Phoenix. What are you guys even doing? Walking in there, not giving your life's money and everything you have to that incredible program. Uh, we will skip Josh Moon from this. But for those of you who were asking, and several people did that, that I know personally listen to the show. Obviously, I don't know most of the people that do. But you made a sign, a funny sign. I love Josh Moon, the athletic director of the University of Green Bay at Wisconsin. He thinks the sign is hilarious. You get pictures of this and actually a video, which is hysterical. His wife, not ugly at all. Good for Josh Moon. He outkicked the coverage, so I like him already. And then he proceeds you to introduce you to a guy who's a big name, kind of a wheeler and a dealer, and then you guys hit it off. You sell yourself. No no shock there. No one on my show can't sell themselves. 
That is a prerequisite. Because if you can't, I also can't let you around my kid. Is that fair? That's that's fair. Fair. And then from there, you parlay a homeless cardboard sign into your current form of employment right now. Is this is this accurate chronologically and factually? Absolutely. You hit it right on the head. That is where he is now, ladies and gentlemen. He hasn't been on the show in a while, but this is what is going down. So now let's get into the real business. We will be following Coach Sundance. Little does he know I am making him way more popular than he ever will be. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so let's just get right into it. The Milwaukee Brewers, the National League Central is an absolute disaster. The Cardinals using losing Yadier Molina and Albert. They look like they can't. I mean, they can't do anything. They have blown more nine inning leads, ninth inning leads so far this year than they did the entire year last year. No love lost for you. You hate the Cardinals, and rightfully so. But it appears that the Milwaukee Brewers could be the best team in this division, right? They're uh, yeah, they're right there. They're in second place behind the Pirates right now. Huge surprise. Um, and the Pirates have lost six straight from a comp- the Toronto Blue Jays went in there after I praised them and beat them twenty six to four in a homestand there in Pittsburgh. And I believe they're getting cucked as I speak right now. So. It's the Pirates ahead of you guys. You have to like your chances there for the Brewers to get back into the playoffs. Absolutely. Um, you know, we got a good young team. We unfortunately lost our stud. Uh, he was a rookie center fielder, Garrett Mitchell. He's out for the year. But, you know, Corbin Burns, he's kind of looking like he might have been the reason we didn't make the playoffs last year. Um, oh, he's, just <laughs> not, he, he's not having the year of years, though. No, he's not. But the rest of the pitching staff stepping up. Um, Wood Woodruff's been hurt, so hopefully he'll come back soon. But we're looking good. Um, yeah, as you said, I love seeing the Cardinals at the bottom of the division. Uh, yeah, I think they're thirteen and twenty-five. Um, so they're horrible. They're terrible. Yeah, that's all. Awesome. I bet on them last year. I'm a mercenary. I would still give Nolan Arnato a no contact, a no eye contact, handy half the way. Uh, that's that's not all the way. It's fine. Everyone does that. They just don't admit it. Uh, but I do not have any uh, financial gain for the Cardinals this year, so I could care less if they lose out. I hope you guys go uh, win out. That'd be great. Only for you guys to inevitably cuck in the playoffs. I think we all know that's coming. I mean, come on. What do you expect this team to hit? Except for when I have the under and a Brewers game and they score a touchdown in the bottom of the eighth. Thank you very much for that one, Young Woken, as well. So, so in this instance here, so what we have is we have the Brewers – that are dominating, doing really well. They're clearly the best team in this division. And the drunk neighbor just last week opens up with the mashing of the young Woken, a hate crime until someone proves me otherwise. He doesn't really know that you're white, I don't think. Hate crime. And just a verbal tongue lashing, even tying in brawn. And I had to beep out some things there for his own good. But I think you got the message. And the drunk neighbor is crushing your squad, bro. I mean, is this how we're going to operate? Are we going to take this? Or what, what are we going to do here? I don't understand. Well, I know the drunk neighbor is uncuckable, but I'm going to try here. Um, Hold on. Wait, wait. What? You just... I, uh, <laughs> I hate to pull a bro exotic and stop you here. I have never used that word in that fashion. I have never said uncuckable. I don't know how that's possible. This kind of reminds me of the South Park where... They try to ground Butters, but he's a vampire. And then he says, how can you ground, which is ungroundable? And then he hisses at his dad and jumps out of a window. Uh, <laughs> you uncut. That is incredible. 
uncuckable. Please proceed. I just had to give. I just had to get the devil his due there, as I'll be stealing that and using it tonight. But go ahead. I appreciate that. You got uh, that's, it. that's that's all yours though. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. I mean, I wasn't gonna say anything about those dirty cheating Astros, but they're. <laughs> They're in third place behind the Rangers and Angels right now. Um, so one game I mean, above 500. I mean, nothing to write home about. Long nope. season, I get it. But, um, you know, the one thing the drunk neighbor said, um, something. <laughs> he, was, he was rambling on. And, and I will say he he got me about the Lion Jew, Ryan Braun. Uh, <laughs> I got I got He's, nothing. Yeah, he. He did. He did hammer you there. I'm not quite sure he said that word, but anyway, we had again. That's why we have a producer. But so where? I mean, where are we here? I mean, he's uncuckable. I agree with that. And the Astros are struggling. I feel as though when the time is right, I may have to bring you on with the drunk neighbor, much like he will be on with Rowdy Bush with Florida during football season. Would you be up for that? Yeah, I think that'd be that'd be a good show. And and you know, I will say he was calling us out for never winning anything. Again, I can't can't argue much there, but the Astros never won shit before cheating their way to a ring in 2017, too. Just get it in there. That is how you do it. Just a backhanded. Yes. And I'm going to go ahead and agree with you on that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, something and another thing. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Oh, that is just amazing. I'm sure he will love this. And the best part is I'm not even going to tell him it happened. He'll listen to this and then text me a bunch of obscenities. But I'm sure that he is laughing because he is about as good a sport as it gets. So much to where he even had me in his wedding with my daughter and he didn't even charge me any money. Stand up guy. What a guy. What a guy. Great guy. Well, I'll tell you what, Young Woken, it's just been amazing. And be sure that you talk to the, you know, the, the Wokens in your circles up there in the Midwest. As we, that's the only area of this country we really don't have anyone listening to the show. And I'm going to blame that failure on you because I accept no blame for anything. That's kind of how, that's how I heard it in a recent meeting. I think that's what was said. I don't know. <laughs> I'm white. That's okay. There you go. You get it. This guy gets it. Great. Oh, young Woken, it's been a pleasure. We look forward to having you on in a few weeks and you'd be thinking about that drunk neighbor. Cause something tells me he's going to, he's going to clap back, but this should be very entertaining. Nonetheless. <laughs> I look forward to it. I look forward to it. God bless you. Go Jordan Love. We'll see you next week. Take care. God bless. And as always, give to the Phoenix. Give give to the Phoenix. Thanks for joining the Sports Antidote, episode number 151, here with your boy Danny Belts. Did you think of removing yourself? Well, no! But I will now. Nice call, Aguada. <laughs> oh, we need an Ace Ventura podcast coming up. That movie's too good. Watched it yesterday for the 18th billionth time. Anyway, thanks to the Woke Pope's amazing wife for coming on and figuring out my life for me, because I seem to not be able to do that. That's going to change my entire year. We're going to win this deal because I'm not there. Unbelievable. The NBA will continue to make us scratch our head, but it is professional wrestling. You know that. And when men start dunking on women for millions in the WNBA, keep this receipt. You know where you heard it first. Thanks to Bro Exotic. Thanks to the Young Woken. Maybe Tommy Bench can finally join this podcast. 
Once again, we will see. Who knows? Did you think of removing yourself? Well, if you didn't, in certain situations, maybe you should. Be sure and rate, subscribe, and review. Follow us on Instagram at the Sports Antelope. Reach out, touch your brother, tell somebody about the Sports Antelope today. Keep it real, Anadotians!